You're listening to Stocks for Docs, a podcast to educate healthcare professionals to build wealth through value investing in the stock market. I'm your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Stocks for Docs. I'm your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo, and I am privileged and thankful to bring back a guest. This is our first repeat guest, actually, on the show, and we'll welcome Praveen Varshnai again to our show, who today was going to talk about something a little bit different, but Praveen, welcome back. It's really nice to have you again. Thank you very much. Yeah, great to be here, and I appreciate the chance to share some more with you and your audience. So the last time Praveen was on... We talked about value investing and, you know, I'll let Praveen introduce himself again a little bit, but he is sort of a force in the Vancouver business world and has done a lot of different types of investing. And we talked a lot about investing with your values and kind of doing some good and putting your money to make the world a better place in a very simple way. And But prior to him kind of evolving into that world, he started out with real estate and that's what him and I had talked about initially. And so I thought it would be great to bring him back to talk about real estate, kind of how he got into um, real estate investing obviously is a very hot topic. It's very uh, sought after. There's a lot of people who are interested in it. Many people who first decide to invest, do it through real estate because it kind of comes out naturally because you sort of have some experience in your personal life often. So let's talk to Praveen, if you don't mind introducing yourself again for us, and then tell us a little bit about how you got started and you know how folks might consider getting started into that space. For sure. Yeah, no, thank you. So as you mentioned, I'm in Vancouver, Canada, and I work in a family office called Varshney Capital, which is my last name. I'm actually an accountant, a CPA by profession. And I work with my father, who's also a CPA, and my younger brother, who's a lawyer. And uh, we were entrepreneurs for many years before we turned into our family office, where we don't run companies. We just invest in good management teams and provide capital advice, guidance, contacts, that kind of... Our focus is primarily ESG investing, as you touched on, you know, that we uh, shared on our last podcast together. And, you know, real estate is one of these things where I remember turning to my immigrant parents, like I'm actually born in India as well, so I'm an immigrant too. But, you know, they would dabble by buying maybe another a house or a condo and rent it out. And, you know, that's a way to potentially invest in real estate. But, uh, you know, what I said was we got to get more serious about this because all the richest families on the planet <laughs> are real estate, you know, especially in Europe. Like you have, you know, assets that are owned for generations, you know, so it's a great intergenerational asset. So we've learned by doing and lost some money along the way, made a lot of money along the way. <laughs> so I feel quite qualified now from, you know, years of doing this now in terms of, you know, uh, talking to people about what is probably the best ways or the safest ways. And so I'll, I'll start with like home ownership. So a lot of people actually think buying a home is a way to invest in real estate. And, and we actually take the office approach and I'm going to touch on actually why I think it makes sense to rent your home and um, not buy a home because when you think about it, when you buy this biggest purchase in your life, you think you own your home, but you don't. The bank does right for the next 30 years. And a lot of people, the pandemic's changed it a little bit, but you know, a lot of people were buying homes further from away from where they work. Right. And so, you know, you're in, I believe, in San Francisco and you know, even Vancouver, like traffic is so bad everywhere. And literally, you know, people are taking half an hour to an hour a day each way times two. And that's a lot of time that's spent away from your family, you know, uh, time you could be exercising, that kind of thing. So you don't necessarily have the best quality of life. You know, it's stressful. You know, you're, you're, you're fuming by the time you get to the office, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, 
you know, you're also probably scrimping and, and, and trying to save, you know, every dollar to pay this mortgage off. And so you're brown bagging your lunch, you're probably not taking many holidays. And so I truly believe that people should be renting closer to where they work to have a better quality of life. Because now you've got more time for all the other things that are important to you. You know, you can take a holiday, you can take a, you know, a nice meal out. And the money you're saving towards this down payment, put it into cash flow real estate. So there's, as I said, different types of real estate investing. And, and the one, you know, I'm, you know, usually um, advising people do is cash flow real estate. So that's one huge point. And then in my career, so I've bought hotels, I bought apartment buildings, I bought warehouses, I bought RV parks, I bought retirement homes, small commercial, there's so many different sort of asset classes. And um, the ones that I'm focusing on are warehouses, because with Amazon online e-commerce going crazy pre-pandemic, and this thing last year and a half, it's just been nuts. Like every day, there's somebody coming to my house, dropping off something, and a dog's barking, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing here. Yeah. So I think that's a a great asset class. And then apartment buildings or multi-residences, they call them, because the last things they get cut in, you know, tough times are food and shelter, right? Mm -hmm. And so a multi-unit building is probably a a really, really safe uh, asset class because, you know, it's not like you have one home where you're renting out to somebody and if somebody, if there's a vacancy, you know, you got to maybe wait a while before it's refilled. In, in, In real estate investing too, there's different ways. Like I've also done some developments, so with my family and my cousin's family, we'll build a house or a, con- a, a duplex and sell it. And, you know, you make some good money that way, but it's also a risk. I did a condo tower development and that was even more risk, but it worked out okay. So I'm not the biggest fan of development because I'm more interested in building long-term, you know, cash flow, right? Because the way I look at it, I know you're a doctor, a lot of your audience are, you know, medical profession. And um, a lot of the investors that have been investing with us in some of our projects are professionals. So lawyers, doctors, accountants, engineers. And the way I explain it to them is on a scale of labor, minimum wage at one end, you're just a higher form, a fee for service, trading time for dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you're not cutting up eyes and hearts and bodies, you know, or billing a client, there's no more right. money coming in. And right. your concern will be, you know, later in your career, you know, how do you maintain this, you know, nice life and lifestyle, right, that you're used to without eating up your capital? Right. And the best way is cash flow real estate, especially the type of properties where we're going in and we're adding value to the real estate. And then it's called refinancing. Like we're basically getting a higher mortgage, <clears throat> excuse me, which we use to take our money back out that we used to buy the building. And now we've basically de-risked it because we've taken all our investment capital out of the building. And you still own your small piece of it and you keep getting ongoing cash flow. <clears throat> and when you divide by zero, that's infinite returns, right? So that's the holy grail of investing, let alone real estate investing is, you know, how do you make money when you're sleeping at night or on holidays, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so, you know, just give you a specific example, trying to clarify, let's say we're buying an apartment building for $10 million. Uh, the bank will probably lend us seven and a half million, say 75% of that as an initial mortgage. And then we'll have to come together with not just two and a half million dollars to buy the property, but usually some renovation money as well. Sure. But let's say it's about three and a half million dollars or you know, four. Sure. And then a building is just like a mini business. There's only two things you can do. One is drive up the costs because every dollar you save is going straight to the bottom line. And with some economies of scale, you can actually impact that and get some more you know, efficiencies. And then the second thing is to increase the revenue somehow. 
And by doing the two things, you're increasing the net income. I'll just focus on how we increase revenues for a second. So one of the ways is often uh, a building that we're buying is mismanaged, undercapitalized. And those are the ones we love because we'll you know, take them off the person's hands and then come in and apply our you know, business model on them. And so one way is we'll increase rents where we're allowed to. A second thing is with the renovations that we do, we can charge higher rents because now you're in a nicer building. And then one of the interesting things we've done in the past is buildings that are older, you know, they often don't have in-suite washers and dryers. And the last thing moms especially want to do is, you know, haul kids and coin and laundry in the basement or across the street, right? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So we'll say, Hey, look, you know, we'll put in a washer dryer, you know, into your unit and just you know, bump up your rent a bit for that. Right. And so these three or four things we do to increase the revenue side and then, you know, uh, decrease the cost side, increase net income. And so mm-hmm. now we go to the bank and based on sustainable cash flow, apply for a higher mortgage. And so they'll say, Hey, great. No problem. You know, this isn't some artificial inflationary lift that you're using to get a higher mortgage. This is actually sustainable. So let's say we'll now get a mortgage of two and a half million bucks. Uh, sorry, yeah, 10 million bucks. So that extra two and a half on top of the seven and a half is what we use to pay back a lot of our original capital. And then, you know, over a bit more time, we'll have usually, you know, almost all of our money out or all of it out. And now we're all in sort of gravy land, right? Right. And then you can take that money and that you got back and put it to another put it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And so you kind of roll the money, like you're turning your own money. And, and so if you have all sort of portfolio of these, you know, investments and cash flowing assets, it all starts adding up. Right. So it's a, it's a great way to change people's lives. Um, so anyways, how do, you, how do you, yeah. How do you No, that's, that's great. And it, I mean, you explained it in a way that makes perfect sense and it's, you know, relatively simple to, to understand. And I guess what my question would be for somebody who's never done this and I only own my homes, you know, that first purchase that you make, you know, like you said, you're going to have to come up with, you know, if you're buying an apartment building, for example, it's 10 million or whatever it is, you know, how do you get that initial investment? Is it something you pull together with folks or, you know, family, friends, and you come together or do you, there's a lot of these funds almost now, right? Where you can buy into a piece of it. And there's somebody else who does exactly that, where they're like the central folks and they go out collecting money from everyone. And then they go out and buy a building or whatever. So how, how do you suggest that? you know, if what's the ideal way, if possible, you know, everyone might not have 3 million sitting in cash, right? No. Uh, well, it's, it's sort of like the power of putting sort of the crowd together, of getting a right. bus at our value line, you know, and, and, and you know, thinking the same way to, to do this. You know, a lot of our investors like you and your audience have day jobs, right? So you don't want to take time or learn or whatever, right? And so the trick is to find, you know, smart, you know, operators that have some experience and a track record of doing this successfully, right? And so, you know, uh, a little uh, promotional plug. I have a couple of real estate companies that I've been running for a while where we will do this. And the term's called syndication. So right. That's what I meant. Yeah. You take a bunch of investors and, and, and put them together as a group and we'll buy a building. And then, you know, one of the things too, that's been sort of on my mind for a while too, is, is how do we democratize, you know, a couple of these asset classes that usually just the credit, it's called a credit investor, like basically richer people <laughs> have sure. access to, Right. And, you know, in Vancouver, there's a company, they're not actually active yet in the States, but they're, they're called Addy, A-D-D-Y. And they're allowing sort of the average person to invest in something like what I just described for as little as $50. Wow. <laughs> and so to me, that's really exciting because, you know, I want to see more people, you know, figure right. out how to participate in some of the stuff and create cash flow. because here's the other stat. <clears throat> 
you know, with your three kids, and I just had a recent son, they're saying with longevity, the average age is going to be 108, <laughs> right? So forget you're a doctor, lawyer, dentist, you know, professional making really good income. Everybody in society is going to have to figure out how to make, you know, some cash flow post. After, yeah, past post their retirement. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, this, you know, last year and a half, too, we've seen how the gap between the rich and the poor has got much wider, right? Worse, yeah. Middle class is shrinking, it's being pushed to the bottom end, the fabric of society is ripping, right? It's not, you know, healthy. It's creating this dystopian environment where, you know, crime rates will go up because, you know, desperate people will do desperate things. Sure. Right. Um, you know, the peasants were starving during feudal times. There was yeah. a you know, run of the castle, right? And so, you know, we got to create more affordable housing. So I have a company called 3H Properties. That's what we do there, but also access to some of these opportunities for more people, right? I mean, yeah. And I think, so, you know, it's kind of like when I, when I, when I equivalent it to like the stock world and the public market, you know, when I think of companies like Robin Hood, that's sort of what they did, right? They kind of took it and literally just offered it to a very average general public person. And I think a lot of times real estate is considered as that a little bit of an aloof, I can't get to it. I'm going to have to have like, you know, thousands or millions of dollars in order to do that. And so what you just described is kind of amazing because if you really can get in for a hundred bucks or 500 bucks or something small or 50 bucks, like you mentioned, I think the process of just doing it, even, you know, even if you get back, you know, 10% return or whatever it is you're going to get back. I think just going through it one time gives you that confidence and that learn and that know-how because then like everything else, you'll probably go bigger the second time and bigger the third time and kind of figure things out. So yeah. that's that's very cool that there are people and you know, one person does it, there's going to be somebody else who's going to come around and do it. Oh, okay. um, and, and and going back to like, you know, when you buy a home that you think is investment, right? Sure. It's a big liability and I don't know how it works in the states tax side, but Canada, you can't deduct your interest, right? So it's a huge expenditure. But there, there's risk there because you have interest rates go up and we saw during, you know, I think the 08, you know, uh, crisis, a lot of people lost their homes, you know, because right, of mortgage rates. Yeah. Yeah. So, and because and, you're waiting for inflation to, 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 it's almost like, like gambling in a sense, you're trying mm-hmm. to flip, right. And you're buying pre-sales and that's not a, to me, the smartest way to be a real estate investor. And then this concept of, of cash flow, And so that's what I've been working on for a while is how to create multiple sources of passive income, right? And right. Um, you know, I'll just give you uh, one specific example. So the very first warehouse I bought a number of years ago, my business partner and I, that one we just did with two investors, he and I, it's sort of part of my learning. And we were able to take out our 100% of our money within four years. So it was fairly quick. Yeah. And we've owned it long enough. So even just with mortgage pay down, we've been able to take our original money out a second time. So I'm actually like, 200% of my money there. 200%. Like equity. Yeah. And every quarter I get a 50 grand check. So that's just one building. Right. So that's pretty good, right? That's <laughs> yeah. amazing for one building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So for this warehouses, because I've heard of multifamily properties and I've heard a lot of single families and you know, condos or residential, yeah. but with the warehouse, I mean, I think of a warehouse as a big empty building. I mean, so one, you know, how do you go about looking for one or how do you assess one, I guess is the question. And then what, and then the other question I have for any of the properties to do, how, you know, the management side of it, like, how do you, you know, do you manage them? Do you rent, you know, do you have somebody, a company or somebody who manages them or how do you go about doing all of that? Yeah, no, for sure. And so, as I mentioned at the start of the the podcast, like I'm an account by profession, right? So I'm not really an expert in anything, (laughs) but, you know, I am smart in, in one thing, which is 
building relationships and partnering with people that are way smarter than me. Right. right. So, so I have like a, you know, a partner for my hotels, a partner for my warehouses, a partner for my partner building. So they're the day-to-day operators. So we actually okay. work ourselves, but yeah, but I, I'm not necessarily doing it. And then on this concept of, of cash flow, a lot of people, you know, maybe own some dividend paying stocks, which is actually, you know, great, but sure. you know, there's risk because stocks can also come down. Right. There's no guarantee where, where they're no. going to be tomorrow. Correct. And you know, dividends can be cut. Like if the businesses, you know, is going dividends down. are not a guarantee either. So, <laughs> and you only get your dividend as long as that capital is tied up in that stock, you're never going to be able to refinance, like take that original money out and keep getting a dividend. Like I described right. our cash flow risk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, I just think there's I said, so many reasons why, it, you know, everybody should be thinking about trying to get into cash flow real estate. Mm. Well, real estate these days are sort of blowing out of proportion. I don't know how it is out there. I'm sure. I mean, Vancouver's always been a hot spot, but mm-hmm. even out here, but mortgage rates have been going down and our interest rates going down to, you know, a pretty low in, in many, many years. It's the prices of real estate here have just shot up so much. And so, the other question I get often or I think about is when you are buying a comp- you know, a property that first time, how do you know sort of like how do you gauge, okay, how much should I be investing in this? You know, should I all should I put in all my savings in this? Or, you know, you know, how what's comfortable? Cause there's always that thought, well, what if my tenant leaves or what if I don't get a renter or what if you know I'm gonna have to cover it? So do you have a rule like okay, I need to be able to cover six months or I don't know, some things to sort of assess your risk when you're first getting into it. Yeah. So, so, well, one of the things you just touched on is like, you know, where do you find these opportunities? Right. And and so Vancouver is one of the nuttiest markets on the planet. Like, right. Oh, right. And, and so a lot of things we're buying are actually in markets outside of here. Right. And so, you know, there's all these sub markets. And, and so we've been buying projects in, in Ottawa, which is our nation's capital, in Texas and Phoenix and Atlanta. We love the market of Atlanta, right? And so uh, we kind of have to go where the opportunities are. And, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of going, as I said earlier, like all in on one because mm-hmm. you're putting all the capital at one and it's probably a house or a condo. And you know, we talk about why that's kind of risky. Excuse me. And so, we do advise sort of a portfolio approach. Like if you think cash flow, value add cash flow real estate is something you're interested in, just think about in your sort of financial circumstances, how much dollars you want to allocate towards it and then find someone to invest with and sort of parse up that money. So you're in a bunch of projects, right? So you can do a couple of things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not just in even just one project with, you know, the operator, <laughs> like, you know, Yeah. because so, often they don't, do a, a fund they're actually fundraising on a project by project basis so so that way you know you put money in different projects and then you know you kind of spread out the risk do you think someone like you know like like you mentioned you know most of my my guests are, are or my listeners are in the healthcare profession so most of them are not real estate agents or you know kind of do this primarily so do you think it's achievable to do this on your own or do you advise them to Maybe start off with a syndicate, you know, syndication uh, folk company, and then kind of go from there. Or yeah, I, I would definitely say the latter because okay. you, you'll learn, right? And then maybe the like, guy actually knows some doctors that quit practicing that just do real estate full time. Right, I know, I know a couple too. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, but you got to start somewhere. And so, I mean, sure, you could try and just go all in and learn and whatever, but you know, I think it'd be stressful, and more work, and because you know, you're probably still doing your day job, right? And so, right. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. 
doing investing with a smart syndicator, then you'll learn. And then maybe that's all you'll ever want to do. <laughs> like I have a family friend, Indian family in Vancouver, his father um, was doing mortgages. And you know, the, the thing with the mortgage was, you know, he'd make his five, six percent, which is pretty good. And then the mortgage would pay back and he gets money back out. And I'm like, hey, you know, if you actually put it in a building where you get your your capital back and still own it and still get your cash flow, that's better than the mortgage. And so he's basically stopped doing mortgages on his own to focus on working with us because he just writes a check and sits back. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so and something I'd like to share as well is. Yeah. Back to the ESG social impact side, mm-hmm. you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the real estate industry, especially with apartment buildings, can have a bad reputation where you have, you know, sort of a slum lord who doesn't really take care of the tenants or really care about them at all. And, you know, we've seen that, like we had an apartment building in Atlanta that we bought where it was just a fun, basically pure financial buyer bought based in New York and they bought it sight and seen, never even visited the property. And when we took it over a couple of years ago, the very first thing we did was we rebuilt the kids' playground because it was just like a mess, right? Horrible. And so we kind of take the approach of, you know, if we were living in these buildings, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've got nice homes, but but what would we want to see, right? And so, you know, like we want to change the lighting, the common area lighting, so it's brighter and cleaner and safer, right? We do programs where we'll uh, put in sort of a computer center with Wi-Fi and things that, you know, people like us take for granted, like iPads and whatever. Like, unfortunately, a lot of people in, you know, these sort of class C buildings or B buildings don't have access to. Um, We've done things like a free backpack with school supplies for kids. We do scholarships. So, So we're actually... We're, we're doing this because we're nice people and, and, and generally don't care, but it's helping the, the building because people love living in there and they're telling their friends to come there. We're building a brand as well. Right, right. I was just going to say, I mean, you're building a brand and in return, you know, and for, for like you said, and good deeds go a long way. I've, I've learned that in my life. You know, when you genuinely do something for the right reason, it'll carry, it'll carry and it'll continue to kind of snowball almost in a way. And so that's, that is awesome that, you know, you are even mindful of that because I've lived in apartment buildings before, you know, I bought my home for many years and mm-hmm. it is not always like that. You know, right. a lot of times it's just about, can you afford your rent? And if not, you're out and, you know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, no. and, and some of the things I just shared, I actually learned initially by passively investing in another syndicator and then you know then i create my own company right called um sermaya capital s-a-r-m-a-y-a sermaya it's a persian word smart capital but this prior company also did a program in december where they would take one tenant and give them free rent for the month of december oh, right cool. hard month you know bills piling up no money for sure. Christmas, right and, you know, the impact on the business is nothing. It's negligible. But no. the for the person and, and how huge. people in the building feel that like, oh, my God, there's hugging and crying, right? <laughs> so oh, uh, I mean, who does that, right? Who does, who gives you like a month off of your rent? It's 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 amazing. And that, like you said, it's a little for, for the for the. For the owner, it's negligible. They probably won't even notice it. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like a tax thing. And it's but for for that tenant, it's gonna be huge. That's awesome. You know, I was just I was just about to ask you about that, you know, kind of how you have embedded your principles with value or, or, or investing and things like that and align your values. And again, the more I I start investing and the more I get into it, the more I've started to realize that I really should. Like I, I feel the best when I do it this way. Mm-hmm. I enjoy my investing practice the most, no matter what it is, be it real estate. And I just feel like you can do it with whatever asset class you're talking about. Yeah, you know, there is a way you can find a way to do it. So, 
Uh, I appreciate you highlighting that for us. That's pretty awesome. So, you know, people are interested to learn more, you know, Samaya Capital is a website. The other kind of is 3H Properties. And 3H. So that one is actually a development company. We're actually building affordable, deep affordable homes because there's, you know, growing homelessness everywhere, right? It's it's uh, awful and horrible. And and yep. even for people who have money for rent, rent can be expensive, right? So how do you yes, the next 100%. level that's like deep affordable, right? So, so you know, that's become sort of one of my legacy real estate projects as well. So I've got Sermaya Capital and 3H Properties and um, just we're having a lot of fun and, you know, making a lot of money for investors and ourselves and changing lives. Like it's, uh, you know, I find I sleep really well at night. I have no problems getting up in the morning to work on what I'm doing. That's awesome. All right. So just for one more time, for those that are listening, can you just tell us how to find those two or the websites so that? Sure. Yeah. So uh, 3H Properties. So the number 3HProperties.com is the affordable housing company. And then Sarmaya Capital, S-A-R-M-A-Y-A and capital, one word, SarmayaCapital.com is our US apartment syndicator. Very cool. Well, thank you for that. You know, I really, really appreciate you kind of sharing your wisdom and, you know, you've done this for a lot of years. And like you said, you know, I think you touched upon all the asset classes at some point in your life from like single homes to, I think you even did casinos. I remember you told me at one point, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so it's pretty impressive that, you know, this is what, after all of that, this is what you've come to, which makes me, which makes me realize that this is, you know, this is like decades of learning and um, experience all come, you know, culminating to one, one uh, idea. So I appreciate you sharing all of that wisdom yeah. with us. And for those. Of, oh, sorry. I do a lot of mentoring and the whole point is like, you know, all this gray hair I got like, like taking advantage. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think at a point, right. After you've done this for a while and you've done it successfully and it's sort of going on its own, I think that is the natural, or that should be the natural next step, right? Is is to give back and to let somebody else sort of lead the way and pay it forward to other folks. Because yeah. I think okay. mentors are are huge and can really, you know, they make or break a lot of people's lives. So I appreciate you wanting to share and giving us your time. So thank you again. And for those listening, you know, please check him out. Check out both the websites, hermaya.com, capital.com, and 3hproperties.com. I think you guys will get a lot of uh, good information there. You can be in touch, kind of learn a little bit. I I, I can tell you for sure, personally, it is definitely my next venture is going to be in real estate. It's it's what I've sort of been wanting to do. And now that my personal life is settling down a little bit with the baby, I, you know, my husband and I have been talking a lot about it. So I will definitely um, let you guys know as well as I <laughs> go on that journey of how things work out. But I'm learning right now, just like uh, a lot of people are. I'm just sort of gathering information, learning, and trying to figure out what the next best step is for us. So... I hope people are feel a little bit more confident about wanting to do this and realize that they can can do it. You know, you just have to like anything else, learn a little bit, and then you can put your thoughts all together. Well, thank you again, Praveen. I really appreciate you spending time with us, and I will uh, catch you next time. Okay, happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thank you all uh, for listening, and for everybody else, have a good week, a safe week, and I will catch you guys next week. Take care. Cheers. Stocks for Docs is a podcast designed to educate healthcare professionals on building wealth through value investing. Take the first steps towards securing your future and listen weekly. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as Stocks for Docs.